0: Hello and welcome to A Bookish Home. I'm your host, librarian and writer, Laura Zaro-Kopinski. And today my guest is Annabelle Monahan, author of Nora Goes Off Script, a heartwarming and hilarious novel about a divorced romance channel screenwriter whose script about her marriage's collapse just might help her reclaim her life and find love. Annabelle Monaghan is the author of two young adult novels, and Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big, a selection of Laugh Out Loud columns that appeared in the Huffington Post, The Week, and the Rye Record. Nora Nora Goes Off Script is her adult debut novel. She lives in Rye, New York with her family. Welcome, Annabelle. Thank you for being here, and congrats on the new book.
1: Well, thank you. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. And I'm so excited to be talking to you on the day of the book's release. So happy pub day. It's so exciting. This will air
1: um, a little bit later, but it's special to get to talk to you today. Thank you. Hopefully by the time this airs, I'll, my, my heart rate will have calmed down a little bit. <laughs> Well,
0: the, I'm I'm just so excited for you. The book has been getting um, such great buzz. I've been seeing it everywhere. And I was mentioning as we got on, I just, this book just feels special to me. It just kind of felt like a warm hug and was so funny. And I was mentioning just before we started just how much I loved it. And my, I was homesick one day, my kids were at school and I just spent the entire day curled up with the book reading didn't mind that I was sick at all because I was so happy to be caught up in this story. I just love sort of the whole idea of kind of second chances in the book. I love getting to read about her um, being a screenwriter. That was so much fun. The relationship at the heart of the story. It's just lovely. I I feel like this is a book I'm going to want to read, and reread whenever I need kind of some comfort or a smile. So it just really feels special to me. And I would love for listeners who haven't gotten a chance to curl up with the book yet, um, just to hear a little bit more about the characters. I'd love to hear a little bit too about um, what made you want to write this novel?
1: You know, I, I got to tell you, it just, it really makes me feel good um, to hear that it landed that way for you. Um, I had the most fun time that I've probably ever had in my life writing this book. Um, yeah. And I wrote it during sort of the, the lockdown, like the initial lockdown of 2020, um, when we were all, you know, didn't know if the world was going to be a going concern or not. Um, and I just sort of hid in this novel. And I had such a fun time. And just to hear that somebody sort of took that the comfort that I was getting from it writing it, um, makes me feel really good. So thank you. Um, so this I novel- love that it was a
0: comfort to write. I always wonder about that. Like you know, it's such a happy place to enter as a reader, and I wondered if it felt that way writing. So that's interesting.
1: Well, I, I you know with a hundred percent accuracy, I can tell um, if I am. Laughing while I'm typing something, it will come across. If I'm crying while I'm typing something, it will come across as you know poignant. If I'm bored while I'm typing something, it will come across as boring. So I always sort of feel <laughs> like what the what the writer is putting into it comes out on the other side. Um, so, anyways, yeah, so you asked me to tell you about this book. Uh, so Nora is a um, she is a romance channel screenwriter who writes a movie about her divorce, a more serious movie. And it gets picked up as a feature film. And it's partially filmed on location at her home. And the sexiest, former sexiest man alive, Leo Vance, is cast in the movie as her husband. And they start a relationship. So that's pretty much the premise of the book.
0: I I have to ask you because... Um, I loved when, you know, the movie starts filming there and I was kind of wondering in my mind, I wondered who you were maybe casting in your mind for Leo. I was like, maybe like a George Clooney, but I guess he's kind of too old now. I'm just kind of curious if you had anyone in your mind that you were picturing as like the level of fame and stuff that he would be.
1: You know, I really didn't. And um, I, I think it's so funny because he, I mean, if Leo Vance walked into my house, I would recognize him immediately. He is a real person in my mind. But actually, if you when you're reading the book, there isn't that much description about him or what he looks like. Um, and I, I've been really uh, tickled to hear readers just put whoever their fantasy is. You know, a friend of mine called yep. me and said, oh, so he's Brad Pitt? And I said, <laughs> absolutely not Brad Pitt. <sighs> um, somebody else said Matthew McConaughey. I mean, everybody sort of brings whatever their uh, romance daydream is to Leo. Um, but no, Leo was a completely made up person in my mind.
0: Well, you know, the book in general does kind of feel like this lovely daydream that we get to enter, which is which is really fun. And it, I kind of wondered, you know, as you sat down to write, did you kind of already have a sense of, you know, who these characters were and where you wanted to take them and kind of what the twists and turns were going to be? And did you kind of plot it out ahead of time? Or was it more of a book that kind of came to you as you were writing?
1: Yes, I wish I was the sort of person who plotted things out ahead of time. I think that my life, I probably would have written this book, you know, 20 years ago, if I had a clearer mind. I, um, I get ideas and inspiration while I'm writing. So I just started writing about Nora um, and I was halfway through a draft before I really had a sense for who she was. Um, and same with Leo. I started writing about Leo and I started seeing them in the room together and I put him in a grocery store to see how he'd react. Um, so I know that all happened during the writing, um, but I did know how I wanted it to end up. Um, whether yeah. they would be together, or whether they would not be together but I very much use the force when I write, which is a super inefficient way to write. And I don't recommend it to anyone, but it's, <laughs> it's the only way I know how to do
0: it. Well, it worked. Um, the characters um, just feel so real. And I loved Nora. I loved the little world of her family and their routines. And her. she has a very kind of like regimented sort of life and schedule, but it also feels very cozy and kind of a world you would want to be a part of. And I'm curious if any of her rituals, you know, she gets up and watches the sunrise on her porch every morning. She has kind of elaborate um, writing rituals in her tea house, in her backyard. And I'm just kind of curious if that's sort of how you are in your days as a writer, like are things very kind of everything happens at the same time every day and you have certain rituals?
1: I really, I love that question. Um, I actually was never an early riser until the quarantine days. Um, And that was because I had all three of my children home and my husband home full time, taking up all the space in my house. So the earlier that I could wake up, the more time I could be by myself during the day. So I started waking up literally with the sunrise just so that I could have a little bit of you know quality time with my coffee and my dog in the morning. So I, I guess that early rising sunrise thing um, seeped into the book. The rest of it, um, I'm embarrassed to admit, I do my day. I mean, if you drove by the same corner every day, you would see me walking around that corner. I do have a very, very predictable routine where. I wake up, I deal with my kids. I walk my dog, I exercise, I write from ten to two. I take a nap I mean I just you could you could set your clock by my schedule, so I think those are the that's where the similarities between Nora and me end, but um yes, she very much has my schedule. <laughs> I liked her schedule
0: well, you know she really turns her her real life struggles she's gone through a a divorce and um, has kind of turned um, that real life pain into the screenplay that sells, and then later she kind of bases another piece of writing off of real life, and so that kind of just kind of got me wondering how much you draw from your own experiences, and kind of I think one thing that would be tricky is just kind of figuring out you know what to include and what not. Like her screenplay r- mirrors life so much, and I'm I'm sure it. You know, for her, I just kept imagining, like, oh, it must be so odd to see your real life playing out for everyone to watch. And I wondered if that kind of came from any of your own experiences.
1: I uh, no, I don't feel like I've ever really written uh, much. I mean, oh, frankly, everything is autobiographical. You know, every time I finish a book, I think, did I? Oh, I shouldn't have included that. That actually happened to me. There's always something in in a book that um, that feels autobiographical. Uh, But with Nora, the fact that she had written a screenplay about her divorce and then her, you know, love interest is playing the husband. So now he has a lot of information about her. Um, When things don't go right, I think, what would she write about next? You know, she's a romance writer and now she's been in love. So I just wanted her to explore um, how she would approach um, how she would approach that relationship in another screenplay. Um, and I, I find that I write a, a lot of times to make sense of things, um, even when I was a little kid, to just like process something that happened. You know, you can reframe something that was heartbreaking with a little bit of a comedic tone and suddenly you feel differently about it. Um And I think that that attitude was sort of what i was what I was giving Nora, where you know she had a pretty big heartbreak, but if she could minimize it by making it into a silly movie, um maybe that would help her to cope with it. That makes sense
0: yeah, I loved there's so many scenes that I loved with her kids with between her and Leo. Were there any um particular scenes that stick out to you as being? either like really particularly fun to write or maybe even
1: one that you kind of really struggled to get right? Um, I, I struggled. Well, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but there's a, there's <laughs> a, there's a scene where everything sort of goes wrong, right? And um, so she is, her heart is breaking. And as I'm writing her heart breaking, what sort of sneaks into the scene is that her children are standing there and how do children, I mean, this book made me think so much about how children process loss and grief and rejection and abandonment. Um, you know, how would her children react to someone leaving? Um, and I, um, I I just really wanted to get that right. And, you know, one child sort of falls apart and the other child bucks up, you know, oh, no, it's fine. It's It's fine, you know. Um, which I think is how I would have handled it when I was 10 years old. Um, I I felt that I found that really challenging to write because I just wanted to get everybody's reactions right in the scene. Yeah, that comes
0: through. And there were so many instances where, um, you know, my my kids are very little still. They're um, two and five. And there's so many times where the kids in the book are so perceptive of everything that's going on with her and taking everything in. It's like, oh, they really don't miss anything. And um, it does make it kind of an interesting dynamic for this sort of romance to be
1: unfolding. um, I need to ask people, I'm going to start asking people this question um, if this is a common thing. But when I was growing up, I knew everything that was happening in my house. And I wasn't told anything, but it was just like, ESP. You know, you're just like a home is such an organism. And I think that small children who don't have that much on their minds, they pick up on everything that's going on in a house. Um, and, and I certainly did. I don't know if I don't know if you had that experience, but I think um, so. And, and listening. yeah,
0: and you don't always think they're picking up on things, but uh, really, yeah, it just does probably like just seep in. Yeah. You know, I would love to hear a little bit, um, I'm very curious, selfishly, about revision right now because that's sort of the stage I'm in with something. And I'm curious if the book that we see now um, is really different maybe from like a first draft that you had or just kind of any thoughts you have about um, how you go about the revision process. And then kind of along with that,
1: I'm wondering just how long um, the book took to write. So the first draft, you know, getting from beginning to end, that draft that you you kind of hope you're done, but you're not, um, that, ca- that came fairly quickly, like within a matter of, you know, a couple of months or something. But just keep in mind, I mean, my children were sleeping till noon. I was getting up at 4.30. I was putting in a pretty serious work day because there was nothing else to do. We were in lockdown. Um, but by the time I finished that book, it was 30,000 words, which is barely half a book. And I told all my writing friends, I said, I think I've written a book and I really like this book and I think I'm done. And it's 30,000 words. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. You can't write that book. (laughs) So then I order on Amazon, um, the bridges of Madison County, because you know what, that book is 30,000 words. And I show it to my friends and I say, you know what, this book was 30,000 words. And they said, stop it. You cannot publish a 30,000 word book. (laughs) So... I said, maybe there's some stuff I I left out. And I do have a tendency as a writer to move to the next thing. I have a tendency, and my editor has said this to me more than a hundred times. It's like, just stay in the room for a little bit longer. Um, and when I force myself to stay in the room for a little bit longer, there is a lot more that I can talk about that's going on. So I went through um, my tiny little manuscript and I rewrote a lot of things to get to be a 50,000 word manuscript. And my writing friend said, that's ridiculous. You can't sell a 50,000 word manuscript. And it actually went out on submission as 50 something thousand words. Um, And when it was acquired by my editor, she had some suggestions um, for, you know, stay longer in this scene. I'd like to see more, you know, more of this backstory. Um, And that sort of helped it fill out. But my first drafts of books are always uh, ridiculously short. And my challenge is to go back and make sure that I've typed all the things that are in my head that I'm assuming you saw. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's so interesting. Well, you know, that kind of linked me to one of my other questions. I was curious about the role of other writers kind of in your um, journey, maybe even toward getting... Um, published for the first time? Just um, do you have, um, you know, readers that you pass pages back and forth? Or have you been part of a writing group? Kind of what's been the role of other writers
1: in your journey? You know, I've, um, I, people used to always say to me, um, oh, would you like to meet my cousin? She's writing a book. And I think, you know what, this is not a networking job. Like, you've got to sit alone in a room and write a book. Like, I know I don't need to meet your cousin. I was so wrong about that. Um, I, the support that I've had from writers, has been amazing and particularly with this book I um, I sent an early draft of this to two writer friends who read it and gave me feedback and then introduced me to their agents oh wow so I mean how what a like what a gift that is um, and then there's also so much um, business to all of this that I didn't really anticipate you know what's what's the good uh, event you should be part of and you should look into this, and um, you know my writer friends whispering in booksellers' ears about my book. Um, it's just, I mean, it's these friends have been invaluable.
0: So with this book, then I know it was kind of a shift to adult, and you were kind of so you did the draft and then sent and sent that out. Had you kind of been thinking about um, making a, a pivot, or was it sort of just kind of happened with you know what came out during lockdown? Yeah, I
1: got to tell you, I'm the least deliberate person. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, in the world. I this, you know, I'm like Mr. Magoo walking around. I, um, I just started writing this book, and I think that the transition was um, I had written my young adult novels, and then I'd really just spent a lot of time writing a column every two weeks, and that column that I wrote was articles for moms. And that just sort of became something that I was interested in, and really what I was spending all my time doing, because I'm a mom. Um, And so when I sat down to write a love story, um, it turned out to be really a book about motherhood. So I think that the transition into writing about a grown up woman who's a mom sort of came out of my writing my column.
0: That's so interesting. And I hadn't really
1: thought about it before. I
0: Did you have any particular authors or kind of writers in this space that you have admired through the years or
1: like authors that have kind of inspired your work? So many that I I could shut your whole podcast down. (laughs) Um, The first one who comes to mind, um, who's sort of an aspirational person for me is Amy Popple. Have you ever no. read any of her stuff?
0: Yes, I had her on um, oh, for musical
1: chairs. I think Musical so. chairs was, is probably one of my favorite books I love that that one. in a decade. I thought it was so good. And all of them are so good. Limelight is so good. Um, there's something about the way uh, Amy it brings, it brings this sort of feeling and humor. I think it's very hard to be humorous in fiction um that is just entirely aspirational to me and when i read her books i you know i'm marking them up and dog-earing the pages uh because that's that's sort of where i want to get to three books from now that's where i'm going to get to oh i think you're there <laughs> oh. i can
0: see i just yeah i'm mean, going to have to put like nora goes off script next to musical chairs on the shelf i feel like they would be book friends like summer oh, summer oh, reads so happy Yeah, I just, I can't tell people enough, you know, if you're a reader and you're just wanting to really, I don't know, just like gulp down a book this summer and just in one sitting, you know, by the pool, by the beach, I just feel like you cannot pick something better than Nora Goes
1: Off script. It just is such a delight. I want you to say it 10 more times.
0: (laughs) I just, I... I I don't know. I was telling you before, I was looking at it again, kind of um, outside this morning, just prepping for our interview. And I just, I just want to like give the book a hug. I feel like slightly obsessed, which is,
1: (laughs) I don't know. Um, Such a nice experience for me. (laughs) I felt that way writing it. I felt that way working with my editor is such a delight. Like the whole, this whole experience has just been a wave of happiness. So I just, I feel very lucky.
0: How has it been having to shift gears toward, you know, the book release and promotion and events? And um, I'd imagine, I know it's only kind of day one, but have you gotten to interact with many readers yet? Just kind of what's the, the
1: experience of bringing the book out into the world been like? So it's a lot on Instagram. Um, the, 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 the bookstagram community, I feel like every single one of them have already read this book. So, um, no one, you know, not very many other people have read it. So it's been a lot of interacting with them. Um, and they are just singularly the most creative people, the way they come up with these images and the way they word their reviews. I think that's really, it's, it's just been really fun to see. Um, but no, I, you know, I've been doing podcasts and radio and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I hit the road, you know, starting tomorrow.
0: Oh, so, exciting.
1: I know. It's exciting. I mean, the first the first month of thinking about it was just figuring out what to wear, which <laughs> really doesn't seem like how you prepare for work, but I guess
0: that's what it is. Well, it sounds like, I don't want to give too much away, but it sounds like uh, an experience Nora has.
1: Very that's exciting. so true. And you know what? <laughs> I did have my sister whispering in my ear the whole oh. time. Um, sending me dresses i couldn't afford. So yes, maybe, maybe there's a parallel
0: experience. Yeah. Art mirroring life, life mirroring art, i guess. Yes, um, exactly. Well, i'm curious, you know, what have been the books for you lately that have maybe really excited
1: you or been the ones that you're gushing about? Oh, there's so many amazing books out. It's it's like it's hard to even quantify. Um I've been reading a lot of advanced copies um of books that are two that are coming out in September. One is The Matchmaker's Gift by Linda Cohen Loygman. Have you read anything oh, by Linda?
0: I um
1: the war times. Is that historical story. fiction? Yep, historical fiction. Oh,
0: I've heard about it. Um, I think
1: I might be getting an advanced copy and I'm excited to read it. Oh, it is. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's magic. Ooh. It is. It's one of these books where you feel like the pages are sparkling a little bit. It's, <sighs> it is it is absolutely magic. That comes out in September. The other one that I just got to read that comes out in uh, September is The Frederick Sisters Are Living the Dream by Jeannie Zusi. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. So it's a story about a woman who um, who takes care of her adult sister with special needs. And, you know, she has to bring her up to live near her and brings up her dog and she's managing her care. But it ends up, it's very funny, and it ends up being one of those, like, who's taking care of who kind of stories where mm-hmm. you see, you know, the, you see the protagonist sort of unraveling as it goes. It is so good. And that's out oh, that September. Check that out.
0: And I'll say for people listening, it is always. I know it's a li- it's a little bit of a tease when we talk about advanced copies, but the good thing is, I think it's always so nice to get your um, library hold in early, so you'll be first on the list. Just place yep. your library hold, or if you're going to order the book, you can pre order it, and then it'll arrive like a gift on your doorstep when it comes out, which is so nice. So it's so, so nice. Like, yeah, it's nice to be kind of paying attention to what's coming because then. Um, you can be one of the, one of the first to read. Um, the only one to
1: read now, have you read Love and Saffron by Kim Faye? No, I keep seeing that one. Just First of all, you can talk about 30,000 words. It's a very short book, um, but it is a delight.
0: Oh, I'll have to check that out. Um, it's all letters.
1: It's done sort of like 84 Charing Cross Road. It's just a letters back and forth, this friendship between these two women. It is beautiful.
0: Oh, that's so fun. I'll have to I'll have to add that to my list. Um, Well, you know, as you are um, kind of continuing along on your um, writing journey, I'm curious if there are any, uh, maybe besides writer friends, anywhere else you turn for like continuing to enhance your craft or get writing inspiration, Um, like any particular authors or podcasts or um, just anywhere you kind of turn for writerly help or inspiration?
1: You know, I really like KJ DelAntonio's podcast about writing. Yes. I'm writing. writing. Yes. Um, yes. I really love that. I love, um, I just love all that straight talk. I mm-hmm. think it's fantastic. Um, and, you know, reading, I like to read things that are completely different than I can write uh, because it resets my mind. So if I'm reading books that are like a book I, I could write, Um, I feel like it keeps me where I am. So if I want inspiration, I'm going to go read Hamnet, right? I'm never going to write that book. Uh, But I feel like it sort of, it it breaks me out of my own language and my own small set of ideas. Um, So I find that 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 gets me unstuck.
0: I think that's... um it's so good. I I interviewed Matt Bell recently, who, oh my gosh. yeah, I, oh my God, his writing book refused to be done about revision is so good. And I loved what he says about, um, it's just like that, how kind of having a really varied reading diet can help your writing so much. Like just that exact thing of like um, reading something completely different than you would write or um, just having such a mix is so good for your Writing and I love that. That just gives me permission to do even more reading. <laughs> right. Sometimes it feels like I should really be writing, but I, I just keep needing to, needing to read everything. Well, there's um, a lot
1: more to writing than writing.
0: Yes, you oh, know, just so paying
1: attention is is half of it, and just listening and watching movies. I mean, there's there's a, a lot a lot that you can count as writing if you're writing if you're scheduling your your work time. That's so true. Do you um? Are you
0: somebody who kind of always has a way to capture, um, are you walking around with a notebook or your phone or, um, or do you just kind of sit down at your 10 to two time and kind of remember
1: what you were taking in? No, I don't remember anything anymore. (laughs) It is so horrifying. I have, I'll have the greatest idea of my life and then I'll walk into the kitchen and it's gone. It is just (laughs) horrible. So for a long time, I would use the notes on my phone. Um, but my phone has stopped cooperating with that for some reason. So I now keep with me these sort of six inch by six inch note cards that I have in every bag and pocket and corner of my house where I just write crazy stuff down. And when I sit down to write, I take them all and I try to remember what I meant
0: Oh, I love that. I love the idea of of having them like stashed around the house and everywhere. Well, Um, no, it's
1: like people who, you know, with your, your reading glasses, you know, you keep your reading glasses (laughs) in every corner in case you need them. Uh, This is what I do with note cards.
0: There you go. You know, just the last couple of questions. I'm curious if you are able to share anything about um,
1: what you're working on next. So I'm really excited about what I'm working on next. Um, It is a, another love story. Uh, it takes place at the beach and it's, you know, present day and goes back in time. And I just love it. I think that's all I can say about it. Uh, I, I think it's, um, I think it's for next summer.
0: Oh, I can't wait. I, I hope this becomes not to put pressure on you, but I hope this becomes that there's another book every summer. Cause that would be lovely. Um, no, I would love
1: to do that. I hope, I hope that happens.
0: Uh, and then just lastly, um, you know, it would be, I guess it would be very meta if this um, turned into a book based on a book about a life experience turning into a movie. and like. Um, but I think this would be so wonderful um, on screen. Has there been any talk about that? Uh, there's a lot of talk about
1: that. Um, yeah. There's nothing solid yet. Um, but I feel like this would be very easy to make into a movie. Do you think so?
0: Oh, completely. I mean, I can already just picture the tea house and the
1: house. And oh, yes. it would be
0: so good. Um, you to
1: build the tea house in my backyard. I think that would be the yes, the full, way to handle that.
0: full circle. Do you have any dream actors that you would love to see?
1: You know, I I, I didn't. Um, and then recently, a couple of weeks ago, I was taking a walk and I was listening to Judd Apatow be interviewed by, I don't know, maybe Conan O'Brien or something. And I, as I was walking, I thought, Leslie Mann would be the perfect Nora.
0: Oh, she'd be so
1: good. Because she's that, you know, she's like a little quirky and funny, but she's pretty and sexy. She's just has such a likable way about her. Oh, Do you oh, think she listens happened. to your podcast? <laughs> we <laughs> can only
0: send it out into the universe and hope. Leslie yes. Mann, if you're listening. <laughs> yes, Leslie, call me. Yes, put it, put it out there. We got to get this on screen. Well, Annabelle, I can't tell you enough. I, I'm, I have been fangirling over your book. I'll just do it one more time. I think people have got to add this to their um, book orders, rush out to your independent bookstore and pick it up um, or, you know, place your library hold right now. Um, I would imagine it's also wonderful on audio. Is the audio book out yet? The audio book is out. Oh, fantastic. So this would be a great book to listen to if you're like going on a summer road trip or taking walks this summer. I just um, treat yourself to Nora Goes Off Script. It just, oh, I can't recommend it enough. It is so good. Oh, thank um, you so much. Yeah. And Annabelle, just thank you for taking the time to come on. Um, happy um, book birthday uh, to Nora Goes Off Script and to you. Um, and best of luck on your book tour and just celebrating this new release.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: For links to all of the books mentioned on this week's episode, you can visit abookishhome.com. And there you'll also find a link to our new online bookshop. Um, A Bookish Home has teamed up with the new organization bookshop.org, which supports independent bookstores. And if you'd like, you can browse books by authors who have been guests on a bookish home i'm also sharing there all the books mentioned on the podcast books i've been reading lately and other recommendations it's a really wonderful site to browse and look through books and if you make a purchase it supports a bookish home and independent bookstores so it's a win-win so if you want to check that out directly it's bookshop.org slash shop slash a bookish home and you'll also find that at a bookishhome.com. If you are enjoying the show, I hope you take a minute to subscribe and also rate and review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to share it on social media to help other people find the show and this episode. Thanks for listening everyone and happy reading.